Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly, and this is Ageless. I'm 40, and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to Ageless. I'm Jane O'Reilly, and today I am joined by an exciting new guest, Marty Wutke of the Wutke Infinite Potential Institute in Santa Barbara, California, is a pioneer in the field of neurotherapy and was the first to utilize neurofeedback as an inpatient treatment method for drug addictions, anxiety disorders, depression, and PTSD. With over 40 years of experience, Marty shaped the neurofeedback community worldwide and has trained many of the neurofeedback practitioners of today. And he is here to share his holistic methodology used at the Wetke Infinite Potential Institute to improve mental health. Marty Wetke, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jane. I'm very uh, excited to do this with you today. And likewise, I'm so happy to have you here. And I think the topic on most everyone's mind is mental health and overall wellness. And I'm so intrigued by your journey and the institute you've built. So tell us, what is the science behind neurofeedback? Well, uh, neurofeedback is, um, you know, fits into the category of biofeedback. And neurofeedback is is really the most advanced form of biofeedback. So the science is that any anything, any biological mechanism, any metric that we can measure and give you feedback about what that particular measurement is doing, you can learn how to alter it just by intention, not by some fancy mental trick, but just by pure intention. Uh, so typically, you know, there was biofeedback for muscle tension, EMG biofeedback, skin temperature biofeedback, heart rate biofeedback, which many people are familiar with, heart rate variability. But then uh, EEG biofeedback came along. EEG stands for electroencephalogram. So EEG biofeedback, we're actually measuring um, 6,000 different metrics in the brain. And then teaching the person, if needed, how to shape that particular activity. Because everything is is associated with, with activity in the brain and in different brain areas. So it's well, it's well established. It's been around for a long time. What came to mind is just aiding in the relief of the post-pandemic anxiety and depression. How right. does neurofeedback um, work there? Like, how is that helpful? Sure. Um, well, just as you said, this is a real collective issue right now. We we started recognizing this uh, two and a half, three years ago. It's palpable. I actually first noticed it when I was coming down an escalator in the airport. And I looked out at the people and the masks and, and, and you could just you could just see the anxiety, the depression, the fear. I mean, fear is mostly what it is. So um, so what happens is. Um, you know, when when we're in this sort of life-threatening situation, because that's what it is, and it's an unknown, or it was. I mean, obviously, it's getting better now. But what happens is different parts of the brain start to take over. Um, primitive areas of the brain that have to do with survival. And, and it, you know, it may not just be about the immediate situation. For many people, what we found here at our office is that the the pandemic and the the whole fear around COVID has triggered a, a long uh, train of previous traumas. It's like a domino, and then 
And so you had this big explosion now. Um, some people, you know, some people are handling it well. Some people are not handling it well. And the ones that are not handling it well usually are people who have had to deal with some kind of survival threat. In the primitive areas of the brain, they, you know, they're about survival. That's that's the way our brain has been modeled over millions of years. And, um, and so those areas start to uh, prepare us through fight or flight or freeze the different mechanisms that occur in deeper areas of the brain. And so those, those mechanisms uh, start to drain our energy, start to use up our, you know, we have the best pharmacist uh, you can find in our brain in the hypothalamus. Uh, when we feel brave, we make uh, interleukin-2, this really strong immune. When we're happy, we make uh, encephalons, you know, the feel-good chemicals. Um, so on the other, other side of that is when we're stressed, when we're in fear, when we're in anxiety, guess what? The brain makes chemicals that correspond to those. And those chemicals initially are meant to help us survive. You know, they're meant to help us uh, watch out for the stressor and deal with the stressor. But more often than not, they begin to tax the system and break the system down. I mean, how many people are walking around saying, I have adrenal exhaustion because I'm dealing with this every day, you know, in and out. So um, so, so depression comes from it, anxiety. We see, we're seeing this, this really an epidemic of sleep issues right now. It's, it's remarkable uh, how, how many of our clients, almost every single one of our clients has a, a, an ancillary a problem, has a sleep issue. So a lot of that depression, anxiety, uh, again, post-traumatic stress disorder from the past getting triggered. That's another one. And then, of course, you know, some of us have to or we want to try to self-medicate. So drinking problems start to go up, um, uh, drug abuse. And, you know, the, the suicide rates are going up. Prescription medications are, you know, skyrocketing. So we're trying to deal with it. Um what we, you know, what we offer is there's another approach to this, uh, and, and, it, and it's very effective. So, and that's the holistic approach. Yeah, that's the holistic approach. You know, neurofeedback is is our primary tool, but um, you know, looking at at everything that is that stresses the body, the mind, the spirit, and then addressing those things. Neurofeedback, we can change how the brain is reacting. So, so if the brain is reacting. With all these stress mechanisms, the limbic system gets charged up. The amygdala starts to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners are having, have had or had this experience of being hyper aware or hyper vigilant of everything around them. You know, almost jumping out of their skins when, when, uh, when there's a, a, um, some kind of a shock. And that's, you know, again, these are brain mechanisms, but we can quiet those down. We can... The brain can be taught to stop doing um, a lot of these things, a lot of these stress mechanisms, and not in a negative way, but a positive way. It's a, it's a release. Well, I do have to say I've had a little bit of experience with neurotherapy, uh, and that is when I had a concussion. I used to uh -huh. play soccer, and I went up to hit a ball, and there was a girl that went up behind me, and she just went up slightly late. So when I came down... I took the blow of, yeah. of the header yeah. and 
I just knew immediately I was done for. And so I actually did, um, quite a bit of therapy. It was I think 12 weeks of neurotherapy and, and it was really helpful. And I, I learned so much about the brain just through that process. And, you know, like you were saying, fight or flight mode, you know, I was able to work through that. And for, for weeks, you know, my doctor even said to me, you know, I'm really concerned about your results because you're, you're not improving. And, and finally we tapped into the fact that I, I think better while doing something. So he yeah. put me on an exercise ball or I'd stand and balance something yeah. while doing the therapy. And then I started having really good results. So it was, it was quite a cool experience. Yeah, no, which is neurofeedback now is being used quite a bit for TBI, uh, the athletes, uh, NFL for concussion and the military in Florida, there's two uh, rehab bases where they use uh, neurofeedback uh, for the uh, traumatic brain injury and the PTSD. I had a, um, the opportunity here several years ago. I was approached by the, the prison system, um, and they wanted to reduce recidivism rates. You know, these guys get paroled, and you know, a huge percentage end up back in prison. Right. So I started. Uh, they asked me to, you know, if I could do anything for them. And I started to look at these poor guys and. You know, a huge percentage of them had some kind of a head trauma. And you can get head trauma not just from being hit by a soccer ball or, or a barroom brawl, but uh, by excessive use of drugs or alcohol. And this is going to produce uh, concussive-type symptoms. So we, we started a research project to reduce the recidivism rate among these guys. Unfortunately, COVID came along, so but we mm. still have some, we have some preliminary data. But it really worked. It really had a, a tremendous effect for these fellows. I had no idea that drug and alcohol abuse created concussion-like effects. That's new information uh, to me. Yeah, That's so and, interesting. Um, yeah, even you know, general anesthesia and, and some of these mm-hmm. other things we have to be cautious about. Um, and of course, you know, uh, putting somebody in prison who's had a head trauma is—you can't rehabilitate a head trauma by by locking somebody up and putting them in this terrible environment. So our hypothesis was we have to do some kind of rehabilitation for these guys. Now, I know you mentioned this already um, about sleep. I've struggled with insomnia for many years. And and actually, when I was doing the neurotherapy, it really, my sleep got better. Like, what what do you guys do? What What's the treatment for that? Well, there's specific protocols to address sleep issues. Um, we have a, a very big database of symptoms. So, you know, PTSD with sleep problems or sleep with waking up too early or not being able to fall asleep or inability to sleep with rumination. And we, we pick uh, different symptoms. And and what our database does is it, it can look at that person's EEG very individually and see if there are problems in those areas of the brain. And usually there are. There's, there's a uh, amygdala is often lit up, so you're you're um, you're constantly surveying the environment for a threat without even knowing it. And so, with with the neurofeedback, we can quiet those parts of the brain down and just simply teach the brain to stop doing some of those things that it's doing. And it takes a few sessions, ten or twenty sessions, but we rarely uh, 
uh, get somebody who does not get um, uh, their sleep disorders remediated. That was well said. Thank you so much for elaborating on that. I appreciate it. Um, now, how about meditation? How can that be used in conjunction with? Well, that's how I started. That? You know, that's how I started with this. I was, um, I don't want to give you a huge backstory here, but I was. Uh, <laughs> we have the time. Okay. So I was, I'm from New York, New York City, just outside of New York City. I had a pretty rough childhood and adolescence. And by the time I was. 13, 14 was using drugs by the time I was 16 or 17, was into hardcore drugs that uh, I got addicted. And um, I went, you know, finally got found out and was put in seven different treatment centers uh, around New York State and upstate New York and New Jersey. And back then, treatment was rough. It was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, it was the Synanon approach. It was, you know, beat up the addict, break them down and you know, start over again. It was, it was not good. Not good for my personality anyway. I was too sensitive. So um, finally, I, around 20, when I was 22, 23 years old, everybody gave up on me. My father had died in the middle of this. And um, I had, uh, you know, what, in the 12-step programs, you know, there's 12 steps of alcoholism, 12 steps of narcotics. I had a spiritual experience in a meditative state. And it totally altered my life, you know, it's not, this happens all the time. Every time I talk about it, somebody says, oh yeah, I had one of them. But um, it, it it turned my life around completely because at that point, you know, in my life anyway, I figured I was just going to die, uh, you know, in a few more years at the rate I was going or get killed, same thing. But um, so I had this spiritual experience and then I, I immediately knew that I had a mission and it was to help other people who were struggling like me and not like me um, to wake up out of this, uh, you know, hell of um, addiction or depression or whatever it is. And, and meditation was certainly one of the avenues for that to happen. And now remember, this is 40 years ago. Meditation was barely even known. So, um, I started to investigate meditation. What happens to the brain when a person meditates? And, and there was some good research out back then, uh, primarily from the TM people. And I went to live at a meditation retreat center way up in the mountains in North Georgia, and um, which is, you know, which is, wasn't exactly the place for meditation to be popular in the mountains of North Georgia. This was this was deliverance country. I lived at a yoga retreat center. I had a a spiritual teacher there. And sure enough, one day I walked into a, a local hospital treatment center. It was a psychiatric hospital, 35 bed addiction, chemical dependency, traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety, and eating disorders. And I started to uh, teach meditation there. But then, you know, we only had the patients there for 30 days. I realized that the way to accelerate this meditation process was to use something like brainwave biofeedback and start to aim these people's brains towards the appropriate changes and states. And lo and behold, what happened is that even though you know I was my essential aim was to help people wake up and you know sort of develop their spirituality, well, their migraine headaches went away, their irritable bowel syndrome went away, their drug cravings went away, their anxiety went away, their depression went away. And I published very early uh, on in my career, and 
you know, it's it's it went exponential. Everybody started to say, "Oh, this is amazing stuff. We have to we have to find out what this Watke dot guy is doing." <laughs> and I did that for twelve years, and uh, was it was profound because um, I worked with a staff, uh, you know, medical director, psychiatric uh, psychologists, counselors, and nurses, and the goal of our treatment there was to uh, either reduce or eliminate medication. And these were rough people. These are, you know, these are, these were, uh, these are some hardcore people that we were dealing with. It was inpatient. Uh, it wasn't lockup. Uh, so I got instant feedback from our staff. You know, they were, they had never seen this sort of thing before. And a huge amount of support from uh, our medical director and psychiatrist. And that's what what propelled me forward. You know, every day I saw it working. So I again, I got on this mission, mission oriented. I wanted to bring this to the world and to uh, make it available. And then my son was born uh, with a traumatic brain injury. So guess what? I had to treat. I had to figure out what he needed because there was, you know, a lot of these kids are just throwaways. They, you know, they give you a couple hours of physical therapy or sensory integration or occupational therapy. So I developed a whole program just for him, rounding everything out, not just neurofeedback, but a whole neurodevelopmental program. Uh, my ex-wife still runs it in Georgia. It's called Jacob's Ladder. It's quite a famous place and uh, remarkable results with, with kids with brain injury and autism and so on. Thank you so much. I'm like moved to tears almost, to be honest with you. I too have had the struggles with uh, drugs and alcohol and I'm in a 12 step program. And so just the fact that you shared your story with me just means the world to me. And I, I'm sure you've just touched the hearts of many and, and just to see the journey that you went on to fulfill your life's mission, you know, it, it can be done. And I just, I'm, I was, I'm just so blown away. And what you were able to do for your son is so moving. Yeah. He's, a, he's he'll be 30 years old uh, this May. And he's, he's quite a fellow. His emotional intelligence is off the scale. He still has a lot of physical issues and physical problems, but um, he, everybody who meets him just falls in love with him and, and are in awe of him. He's a, quite a guy school is named after him jacob's ladder that's beautiful that truly is wow your son's a miracle he is absolutely and 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 because of what we did for him we've been able to touch thousands and thousands and thousands of families and kids from around the world um they actually come there and stay there and go through the the treatment process so does the same the same treatment process, do you use that for trauma? Neurofeedback, yes. We use uh, neurofeedback um, when it's appropriate and and depending on the individual, use different types of body work. Um, I think that that can be uh, tremendously effective uh, depending upon the person and the trauma. Um, my wife, you met earlier, Dr. Stella, uh, uses a type of sound therapy using tuning forks, not the bowls, which are very popular, but tuning forks, which is a whole up and coming science. And she's a neuroscientist, so she um, understands this better than I do. But that can also be very effective for removing trauma from the body. Because, you know, Bessel van der Kolk, you're probably familiar with, he wrote the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Well, you can't say it any better than that. 
you know, if you have trauma, your body's keeping score. It's not just saying, oh, that one can, we can let that go. We'll let that one go. We'll, no, no, it doesn't work. Even now we know there's ancestral trauma. What happened to your grandma and grandpa and great grandfather? All that goes into our DNA. So, you know, we, many of us uh, have hidden sources of trauma. So we have to, we, we, we work with everybody individually, depending upon the person, you know, and some people can't handle, I'm sure you've seen, can't handle body work. Some people can't even go lay down in a yoga session without having a panic attack. And we know what to do for those people. I mean, some of the prisoners I worked with, you did not want to tell them to close their eyes and quiet their mind. You may have a riot in the room. Right. <laughs> you, know? so you, you have to do things like moving meditations, uh, different types of coping tools and so on. So, yeah, for, for PTSD, there's many, many different tools. But again, as with, I was saying earlier, neurofeedback is the primary because we can we can get to those brain networks and brain circuits that are overreacting, over-responding, and teach them literally how to quiet down. And I think that's what it's all about is finding that present moment and forgetting yes. the past and forgetting Absolutely. the illusion of the future and just quieting the mind and just allowing for that spiritual experience to happen, as you were explaining, just by staying in the present. In present. Be still. Be still. Oh, it, it sounds so simple. But that's the that's the absolute fact. If you can be present, if you can be still, your inner self will reveal itself to you. And that's what heals us. Nothing out here. You know, nothing out here. It's all internal. It's all internal. And the internal will dictate the external. Exactly. Will it will manifest on the outside. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. I'm so grateful for all your wisdom and your story and your journey and all the value you've brought to my podcast today. <laughs> I'd love to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Now, where can we find you online? Oh, okay. Our website is um, Wutke, the last name, W-U-T-T-K-E, and then the I-P-I, I-P as in Paul, I.com. I-P-I stands for infinite potential institute i've had uh, several iterations of my business over the past 40 years long names and this is the last name we ended up with so whatkeipi.com or just google my name there's lots of uh, videos and some magazine articles and tv shows that i've been on i've been on cnn you know that's all out there somewhere Perfect. Well, uh, we'll definitely put that in the show notes. So anyone listening, please go to the show notes and you'll be able to access all that information. Mm -hmm. Again, thank you so much for coming on the Ageless podcast today, Marty. I really have enjoyed this. Thank interview. you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode.